in my opinion, data helps you to scale things. Let's say to help making things more relevant on the on a global scale, let's say for the whole shop. But the pure data can never help you or deal with any aspect of relevancy for every query. That's just not possible in my opinion. Welcome to empathy.co. This is our podcast. Your podcast. Humanizing technology. We ask ourselves, where does technology end? And where do we, humans, begin? Today we have Andreas Wagner, founder, CTO of searchhub.io. Andreas helps search engines through his company to understand humans, something that agrees constitutionally to what we try to do as well in empathy. And it's a pleasure to have him with us today. Uh, Andreas, how are you today? Hi. Yeah, um, pleasure to be here. I'm feeling really good um, and I'm curious um, yeah, about the topic and, and, and what will come out of our discussion. Wonderful. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about Andreas. Uh, he's an entrepreneur and consultant with over 10 years of experience in commerce and software. He's also a proven energetic leader with over seven years on product management. And uh, I had the pleasure to meet Andreas when I was attending MySys 2019, thanks to our dearest René, uh, who happened to share the same date of birth uh, as you do. I just learned. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How, how fabulous. So, so happy to have you here, especially after a day after your 40th birthday. May I share this with great joy? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about relevancy. We're going to talk about methods to judge relevancy. We're going to talk about approaches to automate sorting models. And, of course, about how to handle the necessity for explainability. And, and closing on, on this conversation, we will try to reflect and ponder where is all this going? So with that, I'm going to start straight into this question, Andreas. Um, how would you define, in the context of commerce search, how would you define relevancy? It's a very good and a very hard question, to be honest. A couple of years ago, I would have said, um, if a customer comes to your site with a specific intent, um, show him what, let's say, is the best representation, representation of his, uh, his intent. And on the other hand, um, increases the, the buying or interaction probability with this shop. However, the more time I spend with this question, um, I think it's, it's, it's not a single, uh, there, there is no single definition of relevancy. Um, sometimes um, it can be relevant to just get information about a specific product or a specific service and then have, let's say, uh, um, um, yeah, be in a, in, let's say, a, awareness to create awareness about a product and then maybe the buy 
may happen a couple of weeks, months, or whatever later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are, are of course some some points where the customer really wants something. So he has a specific intent. Then uh, our job is uh, um, to 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 fulfill this, to show him exactly what he wants to. But on, on the other hand, what is really important, I think, these days is what the retail industry does already a couple of years, is to kind of um, inspire people. So sometimes if you just go in a city, you, you don't know what you are actually going to buy. You just uh, going through, um, let's say, uh, the Allee, um, looking at some, some, some shops, and then you might spot something. And even if you don't really need it, it gets a good feeling if you buy it and um, even more if the value is perfect. So I think bringing the, the expertise of the physical retail into the digital world is also really important when it comes to relevancy. Very, very good uh, and agreeable, uh, very agreeable reflections that you make, Andy, in there. And it, it makes me wonder, uh, you know, what we learned uh, in information retrieval in the context of, you know, information retrieval as a general cross concept field, uh, to what extent is it applicable in trying to define relevancy in the context of commerce, right? Because you you make these reflections on uh, there is a, an element of inspiration and, and discovering, there is an element of feeling in a certain way, uh, you know, we, we come to this arena of a commerce search and in a way, everything we know about the notions of relevancy within the field of information retrieval may be put into question, right? What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that in the last couple of years, a lot of people have just tried to copy over the work, let's say, that has been done on, on web search specifically to e-commerce. Um, but I'm not really sure if this is this is really applicable. I mean... You can directly see it from, from, from Google and others. If you're really trying to search for products, it sometimes works, but it somet- sometimes fails miserably. And even they, with all their power, um, struggling to be relevant in all the different cases um, during the shop- shopping journey. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really think that we need to come up with something different. That's right. In the definition lies the solution. In the way we define relevancy, hence the importance of this question, is how we frame the solution. If we define relevancy as an absolute, if we define relevancy relevancy as something that is objective, uh, then we're going to find solutions that are absolute and objective. And as you very well reflected, when you you have the, the moment of shopping, of acquiring goods, that you're going to define yourself, you're going to endorse yourself by them. There is another kind of uh, relationship to those items that you are looking for and inspirational, etc. And and this is, you know, it, it is a very difficult question. Uh, and uh, for that, sorry for that, for that we have to try and anyhow make progress. We have to go further. And, and this leads me to another question, you know, okay, relevancy is this more subjective it has these different contexts in the world of commerce. Uh, how can then we move into patterns, into common methods uh, to be able to judge uh, mathematically through formulae uh, this kind of relevancy? Well, I, I think the, the first thing, at least this is our approach or, or what I'm trying to, to do in the, in the next couple of months, um, is 
to first get an idea on, on what kind of information the user is really seeking for. So in which, in which stage of his buying journey is the user? So is it a specific query? So he already really knows what he's looking for. Is it more kind of a broad query where he, he just wants to get an overview or the assortment of the, of the shop? Um, where is the user coming from? For example, is he coming from a blog post and, and things like that? And, and depending on that, once you classify that, I think then you can judge what relevancy, or at least partially judge, what relevancy for this user might look like. And then, for at least for me, the most important thing is we don't just judge relevancy upfront and on a global scale so that every customer is the same. This is what most of the companies are doing. So they say, for this particular query, these types of products are relevant. Um, what, what I'm trying to do recently is to say, okay, what type of product might be interesting or what types of products might be interesting for the user and then try to give him in the first, let's say, for, for, in the first result for a query, give him um, an, an, a very nice opportunity to select which type of product he is really looking for. So mm -hmm. let's say, imagine he's looking for a, for a pair of jeans. There are tons of different types of jeans, colors, shapes, sizes, material, and whatever. And it's, it's pretty hard for, a, for a, a user or let's say a tech guy to judge what might be more important for him. So what, what I want to give him is to give him a great first glimpse in the selection so he can directly see there are different types or different dimensions um, of answers for this question, and then he can jump in. So it's more about moving onward with this discussion journey or whatever you have together with the customer than saying, we think this, these are the top 30 genes uh, that might interest you. It is a very interesting, and I've been watching, um, and it was very successful, your talk, um, on MISES 2020, you were talking about results uh, diversity, correct? Which in, in, in a way serves this purpose of trying to start this journey on that first query by giving these options for uh, result uh, diversity, correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. And the interesting thing is, um, I, I really, I mean, I always spotted problems in the data collection. So it was always a kind of inbound signaling problem we were faced. Because every interaction you track, you can only track if the customer has only seen such a product. Um, and this always said um, or gave me the feeling that a, now our customers have, let's say, hundreds of uh, pairs of genes, but only 30 of them really get the chance to be seen. And how can I judge if, let's say, some of these products might, might be the perfect fit for some customers? And I, I then really went out and, 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 and talked to people that are doing physical retail. And, and I was always wondering if, let's say, this, and the, when, when you window shop the windows, if it was just, let's say, on, on a random base how they, um, how they managed to, to design them. But it's not. On, they have a, a, a lot of the, uh, domain knowledge. Um, which they are putting into designing these windows. And it's not always about the product itself. It's more about telling a story and trying to get the user in, in the store and then convince him to buy some, some things. And I think we need to transfer this knowledge into the, the, uh, the digital world as well.
Very good, very good. So this uh, is something that uh, I find very intriguing, this relationship, this relationship between what is seen, what is perceptible, and that which is conceived to be relevant. And you make this very important reflection here. You want to give opportunities uh, to items uh, to be part of that first moment of encounter with a result set. And, and you understand by doing this that there is a relationship between what is perceptible, what is visible, what is seen in that first query, and that which, which will then uh, flow into becoming uh, relevant. And, and this other reflection that you make that, you know, this wanting to tell a story, you know, and, and, and this being a key part on, on, on the notion of information retrieval within the context of commerce. And, you know, we had a brief conversation on this in the past, uh, Andreas, and, and it makes me think if we open the door uh, to uh, equate that which is perceptible, uh, the notion of that which is visible, that's quite of a Pandora's box to open, right? Yeah, it might be, but as as with everything else, I think we will end that the best solution will be a mix of a couple of ingredients. You know, I mean, there are only a few dishes which are, um, yeah, which are very very well, uh, well um, which only consist of one particular um, thing. So I think it's the recept um, that makes it that makes it delicious. Um, and f here, I think we need to. We need to make systems aware that there is already a lot of domain knowledge and we somehow need to infuse this system, um, um, the system with the knowledge that the people have and test it. Not everything that works on, let's say, the physical retail might be perfect um, for the digital retail and the other way around. But we should not forget that people are already working here in, I don't know, some, some of them 100 years um, mm -hmm. with that um, and we should use this information because otherwise we can only start from what we're seeing and maybe we are not seeing anything you know even if we track or try to track anything there are still um, things we might not um, um, track or we might not really understand um, so yeah I, I, I really hope that we can infuse this, this information and use it to further learn um, the different aspects of relevancy and that inevitably leads me to this question, Andreas. Um, you know, are we then constraining the definition of relevancy and judgment of relevancy only to that which data can trace? Therefore, are we establishing the hypothesis of what is relevant and what is not? Are we then following into the judgments, which is the context that we are talking now within that hypothesis that is constrained, that is limited, that is only articulatable through what data can tell us? Or, uh, in other words, is it not possible to equate into the thinking of relevancy things that we cannot uh, trace through data? I don't know if you understand uh, my question. You know, are, are we to use only the instruments that data can give us? Are we to narrow down the interpretation of relevancy to that which data can portray uh, and therefore 
you know, go numb or ignore any other thing that could be uh, inferred or could be intellectually observed that is not supported by a factual uh, pivot of data. Uh, you understand my question, right? Yeah, no, I understand it. And I, and I strongly uh, agree. I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have agreed. But now I definitely agree that there, there is way more than just the data that we track that tells us a story about relevancy. I give you a really easy example. Specifically in the fashion industry, they create, comp every, let's say every week or every month, they create a completely new type of a specific product, like a specific type of skirt, a specific type of boot or whatever. And the, 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 you don't even know the words or the, let's say um, the words, how this, this type um, 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 sounds like and, mm -hmm. and it, it's expressed. Um, but then, on the other hand, they're using content marketing to shape this new concept for a specific product. So you need to infuse their system beforehand that there, there is such a new type of product. Mm -hmm. And then you can use data to scale things. In my opinion, data helps you to scale things. Let's say to help making things more relevant on the, on the global scale, let's say for the whole shop. But it can never, the, the pure data can never help you or deal with any aspect of relevancy for every query. That's just not possible, in my opinion. Very interesting. You know, where does this leave us if we were to be data driven? <laughs> I'm, I know, I mean, I, I think it's a, perfect, uh, it's a perfect fit. The problem is that people always tend to go um, binary. So go data-driven or not. And even if I'm talking to really highly data-driven companies, they, they are, they, they, there are still a lot of people working there and they are creative and they have domain knowledge and we should use it, you know? I mean, even, even if we are, we are talking about um, being data-driven, the data must come somewhere and there must be some clever people that say, hey, which types of data um, should we track? Where should we track? Um, I mean, this is all, all of this is a process and we, we are still learning and I think we are still at the beginning of all of that. So use the knowledge we have um, with people and whatever, infuse it in the system and see what comes out. So it's more a kind of, not only a data-driven approach, it's an exploration thing. So try things out. We need to have systems where we can easily try new things out and then based on data or maybe on, 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 on more conceptual things, like we think this is like that or this might be a future trend and then say, okay, this is the way we want to we wanna go. But data alone, I completely agree with you, won't, yeah, won't win the pot. It's very interesting. You know, it's, uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, I, you know, this is a reflection I owe to uh, Hume, uh, the philosopher and um, that he said you know he uh, you know it's a very interesting uh, source to to reflect in in the concepts of causality and and he said that theories cannot be derived theories cannot be derived from facts the, the, that uh, you know if you just follow the facts then you have no theory. <laughs> You know, uh, because what you have is the facts. In other words, 
uh, when we talk about the context of relevancy and judgments and incorporating things that follow and are outside the the, the realm of what data can expose, uh, in a way we we are in a, arriving at a space where we need to revise. Uh, the current uh, methodologies uh, for judgments uh, and relevancy, because these methodologies are purely in their entirety uh, uh, driven exclusively uh, uh, with no compromise uh, through that which data can dictate, you know. And and this is a, a frontier that you find uh, a lot of people nowadays uh, uh, being open to this, uh, to consider that there is more to that uh, which we can uh, 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 map uh, from data and, and, and therefore to open to other interpretations of that which is relevant or not. Uh, I think you, you have similar anecdotes to the one that I'm going to quickly mention. You know, we had uh, experiments where we had, in theory, uh, supposedly, supposedly uh, worse uh, relevancy model, but extraordinary uh, experiences, you know, with, with all kinds of elements of motion, correlated action, everything presented in harmony, very joyful, uh, pleasant, uh, consumerized, uh, UI-rich experiences with very poor uh, relevancy. And then on the other hand, we had flat uh, uh, relevancy models uh, of the highest quality with top judgments, uh, but flat experiences uh, and, and outstanding relevancy. And then when you do this, I think it was 2,500 uh, uh, people we interviewed, that was back in 2018, and, and we got uh, 90% of the voters preferred the worst relevancy and the highest uh, experience, uh, you know, which in a way was for us an eye-opener as well and reflecting, well, there's got to be something else, you know. So you probably have similar anecdotes to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one, one year earlier in MISIS, I presented um, something about which we called, um, um, yeah, the perception of findability where I really tried to use both systems. So, so in the last couple of years, there was always this uh, notion of uh, implicit and explicit feedback. So explicit feedback means that you have some judges that, that mm -hmm. based on their experience, tell you if, uh, let's say, a product uh, mm -hmm. is relevant for a given query or not. Uh, implicit means you just observe, let's say, interactions um, between users and your site and you try to use that as a proxy for relevancy. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I did there is I compared both. So let's say results where judges said, hey, this is highly relevant uh, compared with implicit feedback. So is it really relevant for the users out there? Um, and there was a, uh, quite a big uh, discrepancy. Uh, and I think this is what we really have to think about. I mean, um, when I'm, let's say, as a, as a guy that is working for a shop, have the task to, uh, to um, judge if a product is relevant for query or not, I, I may be highly biased. I mean, because I'm not really wanting to buy that product. Mm -hmm. I want to sell it or I want my, my boss to sell it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's a, a huge difference. So I think we need to, to, to really come into a conversation with our users. Of course, we need we have business goals, and we need to find a balance between achieving our business goals as a shop owner and uh, the users. But I think this will always be uh, a direct interaction with the customer. We need to tell him a nice story. Um, we need to make him feel good. 
Uh, and if we do so, he will come back and spend money with us. I mean, I think that's that's how it is. And there is not a, the silver bullet um, for for the relevancy problem. I think it it is a yeah, it, it is a, a a lot of different things um, um, we need to combine um, to to yeah to draw the story and to fulfill the notion of relevancy. And in this in this very multidimensional intricate, uh, very complex uh, scenario for what it is uh, relevant, uh, what it is, the perception of it, uh, what it is, you know, the, the, this, this lively element, you know, how can we approach the automation of sorting, you know, because of course, this is a standard uh, feature or capacity of any search nowadays, you know, models are automatically adapting uh, but the nutrients that populate, that serve uh, these automation uh, 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 actions uh, are in effect made of that which is absolute to relevancy. They don't incorporate these intricacies uh, that we consider uh, to be also significant. And, and, you know, there's like a gap between... Uh, uh, what we are able to, what we are using for automation and uh, what we should be using for automation if uh, we come to recognize uh, these intricacies of relevancy and the perception of relevancy and the subjectivity of relevancy, etc. So uh, another way of looking at this question is, you know, two years ago or three years ago or five years ago, there was already a, a, a signal processing and, and, and some degree of automation and relevancy models. And then at the time, uh, you know, there was a thought that that was optimal. There was a thought, uh, you know, let's go back in time, 2017. I can tell you many teams uh, working on relevancy and search thought that what was being applied uh, for uh, relevancy automation and therefore sorting automation was optimal. But two years down the line, we look at it and we look back that it was suboptimal, you know. Uh, is is it are we still in the same space? Is to are today's methods uh, suboptimal because we are not baking uh, all these intricacies? You know, to what point can we talk uh, about a successful uh, uh, automated sorting model? I mean, I agree with you. So once uh, learning to rank um, really got popular. Uh, when when I went to customers or 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 even to competitors or, or um, companies that are building um, e-commerce search products, they they all told me, "Hey, now we have um, learning to rank, and it will solve all problems." Yeah, and I and 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 that's just not true. And the problem here is that the model that it is trying to solve is just picked. Uh, it, it is too simple. I mean, the, the whole buying process and this, what is relevant to a customer is much more complex and has way more dimensions. Mm -hmm. But they just tried to model it in a very simple kind of linear way. Uh, and then it's solvable or technically. But this doesn't mean that it is, it is solved for the end user. And at least the what, what, what we are now trying to do and it started one and a half year ago together with some customers. We said, okay, we need some kind of, we need to learn in diverse um, dimensions. So what we are now trying to do is, if we are not really sure about the intent of a customer or where he really is right now, 
we try to help him by diversifying um, um, the, the result and then just rank in, inside these uh, diverse um, um, segments. So essentially, you need to find some kind of relevant products overall, but you cannot be sure that relevancy is, let's say, in a linear sort order. So um, the, mm -hmm. the, most, the most important one is on, on, top, uh, on, on the top position and then the, on, on position three, um, it's the third one. It doesn't really need to be like that. Look at shelves in a, in a store. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of marmalade. And I, as a customer, I choose and pick which one is the most important or the mo most exciting for me. And I think this is what I learned from physical retail. We can do the same kind of thing. So organized information in a way that can be more easily um, um, dissected from, by, by, by users. So they pick the right thing and, and they are encouraged to pick the right thing and give us more information about what they are really looking for. Mm -hmm. So refine their intent and then we can understand them better and serve them more accurate um, um, yeah, results. And on the other hand, I will, I'm still 100% convinced there will always be queries where somebody in the company may have enough domain knowledge to tell you this is how um, an optimal result or a kind of optimal result should look like. And we need to yeah, make these systems um, be able to use this knowledge. And only a couple of systems can do that, actually, to be honest. Very good, very good. Um, and it's interesting that you make this reflection with the, with the physical and, and bringing the physical, uh, you know, the, the, the very good analogy on how things don't have to be so in, in such a given specific order and how the experience as you walk through the corridors or the lanes of a shop it, it, as you said at the beginning, it seeks that inspiration and that discoverability, right? And, and, and that accommodates with the many different intentions you may have, right? Uh, which is a, a very good starting point to, to collect in there. So within this question of how to approach automation of sorting, and it's made clear to me this approach that you uh, propose of diversity, and therefore starting to uh, tap into these journeys, also with the uh, a possibility of intervention um, and, and actionability, you know, not just automation, but being able to intervene, uh, something that also resonates uh, to the way I see uh, the nature of, of the challenge. Uh, I have a question on, in, in the context of explainability, you know, uh, as we add sophistication, and, and we add models and layers of value to, to provide these uh, sorting models based on whatever theory of the diversification, et cetera. Uh, you know, this, this, we add layers of base scoring, contextual scoring, personalization scoring, popularity offline sales scores, uh, you know, uh, uh, diversity models or, or whatever other approaches. And all these layers... Uh, make it difficult to understand what is happening, which is something that has been a preoccupation of mine uh, as, as we advance into this, through this further in, into greater, greater layers of sophistication. Is it a necessity to explain uh, relevancy in what has been decided to be relevant and therefore is exposed in the experience? 
is there an is there a necessity to explain relevancy a to the merchandiser analyst uh, you know the, the business the retailer uh, and b uh, the end consumer because probably not not, not of, of course not with the same level but you know my question is how do we approach explainability yeah that's another another uh, very great question um Again, a couple of years before, I would have always told you, yeah, we need to explain it to the people that are using the systems and, and, and manipulating the system. But at least the, 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 in recent times, I think I, I changed my point on that a little bit. Because the problem is people that are, let's say, maintaining and, 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 and using the search from, from a um, shop um, point of view, They have a different objective, a different goal. They want to sell things and they want to sell things that have high margin or they want to clear their stock. However, the user, they, as a user, I don't want, I just want to make, have a good value and I want to have a nice, um, let's say, journey. That's it. And, and, in, and so the recent times, what I really tried to achieve is to show The, the, the merchandiser, um, the difference between his view on relevancy and what people or the real users out there might interpret as relevancy. So I, I, I'm not really digging into mm -hmm. this is the score for, let's say, the clicks, this is the score for the, the, the let's say, the relevancy or the from, from, from the, the, the search or the similarity um, 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 part, part, part of things. I don't really care about this anymore. I, I, I'm asking the, the, the merchandiser more, what goals do you try to achieve? And now and, 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 and compare this with the goals the user wants to achieve and now find the right balance between that. I think this is the main question um, we have to answer. There is not, as I said, there is no silver bullet. It's not just pure sales or the newest products. It depends on the end user and his context and on the shop uh, or the merchandiser and, and, and their context. Very good. I mean, and if I speak my mind in absolute honesty or as honest as one can be, uh, you know, in empathy, we invested a fortune in explainability and um, we have tools that we call search explain, navigation explain, Uh, on this worry and you know this concern that we want to be this is the essence of you know being clear be, being being as transparent as one can be you know uh, because all the side effects of this uh, approach has uh, but still there is no climax you know and and to your point of uh, focusing on what what's the the goals that you try to achieve which i think is a very interesting uh, approach andreas You know, when, you know, you explain, you explain, you provide all clarity, you can click everywhere, understand what is doing what, uh, but perhaps, uh, you know, will that uh, result in a climatic moment uh, for that merchandiser or analyst uh, to really understand all these intricacies, which at the same time are changing, changing as the speed of light. Uh, and, and as per the explainability to the, to the end consumer, to the person, to the customer, as you say uh, very well on, on your objective of uh, understanding humans, you know, to this, to the human intent, uh, uh, you know, to the, to, the, to the human being behind uh, every query. Uh, as per explaining to this uh, person, 
and what's happening behind the scenes. How do you feel about that? I mean, this is the this is the ultimate goal. Uh, I would say we have still just started. But yeah, I think that relevancy should mainly be judged by the end user. So the person that issues the query, only this person can really give you feedback about the relevancy. And to be honest, I think this will though this this problem of relevancy will will just increase because people type less. They expect more from your system. And on the other hand, they are in this filter bubble, which really kills this kind of relevancy exploration idea. And I think this is where we have to be. I mean, I, give, I have another great example, in my opinion. So let's say I tell you, I tell you a city, a Pisquiera. Even if you don't really, or it, it, it will be very, very hard for you to directly pick a point on a map and you say, okay, this is where the city is. But from the spelling and from the letters used, you might be quite confident in telling me, hey, it must be somewhere in Italy. And by only doing that, you, let's say, resolve 80% of the problem. And now let the last 20% um, um, be solved by, the, by a discussion or an interaction together with the one that asked the question. So we need to narrow down the next best actions for, for the searcher. And on the other hand, once we've done that, then give the merchandisers and, and the shop owners the possibility to optimize on their end, so their KPIs. But first you need to optimize for the user and the experience. I think this is the most important part. And and just may you you don't have to have the perfect answer with the with the first result, but mm -hmm. you have to give him next best actions. Such I think this is the most important part. Mm -hmm. But I, I still feel the, the question needs a little bit more detail. You know, I'm looking at that person and that person who is running that query. Um, and, and, and that person sees the results, for example, uh, in, in diverse. And, and rather than seeing uh, all about that particular type of trousers or pants, they see a collection of options of different variants and a very rich uh, result set through which we can start uh, or take on a specific pathway and, and, and therefore advance in, in that uh, understanding uh, of that uh, potential intent. Now, to what point do we have to explain to that person what you are seeing is has been uh, presented to you in this way, uh, which is di diversity? You know, uh, do we have to say that, or, or you know, sometimes we call this, you know, when, when or other cases, what you are seeing here is because it's trending now in in Barcelona. What you see now is because it is related to what you bought yesterday. What you're seeing now is because you you decided to go through this pathway, this journey after we introduced these diverse options. Would you like to go back there? You know that's what I mean by explaining to the user exactly what is happening. I don't know if it can be done explicitly, implicitly. What what are the instruments? But what obligation or not do we have uh, uh, to serve that explainability to the end customer? Okay, now I got it. 
Well, I, I think that, to be honest um, with the customer and give him direct feedback um, is always the, the, the best case scenario. However, your system that does this or your rule set or whatever, however you might approach this problem, it needs to be, I mean, it, it will fail in some cases mm -hmm. and the user shouldn't be, um, let's say, shouldn't be thinking, hey, you are not understanding me anymore because otherwise he will lose trust. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, buying habits really change a lot. We have a lot of customers where you see, yeah. let's say, um, a, a user is buying only women's stuff And then suddenly is searching for man's socks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And all these customers said, yeah, but we want to personalize and, and, and tell them we, we don't want to show her these things. And I say, yeah, but what if he, she is shopping for her man? Mm -hmm. I, I, th I think it would kill the overall experience if she's not able to, um, to, uh, to revert these filters or however we might call it, mm -hmm. the guesses we have. And that's why I think the notion of um, diversifying is so important because there the customer directly or the user directly sees the different, um, the different dimensions. Whereas in a just single dimension sorted list, you always have to use filters and stuff like that. And you don't know before how the result after applying such a filter might look like. So everything you do, you explain It must be almost near time. So um, mm -hmm. you, you need to make uh, changes very obvious and very easy for the user. Very, very good. Yes. And I, and I do, do agree with this. And you mentioned this key important, to me, the most important thing in, in any digital product or, uh, you know, or physical interaction or deeper uh, relationship, which is the concept of trust, you know, the Uh, I cannot uh, uh, dedicate uh, higher uh, attention to such an important uh, uh, feeling, trust, you know. And, and hence this question and this thinking and this wondering about explainability, etc., right? We want to elicit, provoke, evoke uh, trust in every opportunity. And, and this is why I have this concern, uh, Andreas, on, you know, we, we, we need to segment that person Uh, and with this, we move to this last question of where things are going, right? We need to segment that person to understand uh, from the signals that they are uh, giving to us as part of the interactions. Uh, we need to then use this material uh, to be able to be more relevant, uh, to be able to be more meaningful, uh, etc. on the different steps of the journey. Uh, but what, where does this, how does this affect trust you know and especially you know i have this preoccupation with with not with privacy because i think we put a lot of attention to privacy my, my, my fascination is with the outcome of this which is of course uh, the elicitation of trust you know isn't there a, a, a conflict at least i feel conflicted i hope you can get me out of this uh, between uh, you know uh, the, the tagging the capturing of events that we do you know, as part of the sophistication that we have been talking from the very first reflection of what is relevancy to what methods we can apply to judge, to what approaches we can follow for automation of sorting, uh, to how we can uh, result and, and produce explainability. You know, all these is served through the, uh, this is a bit extreme, but it is a bit of a surveillance uh, on the user, right? Uh, and, and how does this affect Uh, trust, you know, in, in a world where, uh, which is what I aspire for, 
uh, you know, the, the, you know, there's an absolute nurturing of, of trust. Uh, you know, isn't there a conflict on all these methods that, that we follow of capturing uh, data to populate, to serve the nutrients of all these models uh, with the, such a valuable uh, principle of trust? <sighs> Again, very good question. <laughs> uh, may, may, maybe one thing that I like to add here. So, um, always people are telling me, but since years already, when personalities, the big um, buzzword personalization came out, uh, you know, you are, we, we are segmenting our users. And, all, and I always responded, I don't want to um, segment the users. I want to segment my offering. Mm -hmm. And that's the big difference. I mean, again, in physical retail, a shop looks like it looks because they kind of know how to design their shop for a specific audience. But this doesn't mean that a customer or a user that is just walking by isn't interested, goes in and buys something. I don't want to filter things. I want to make it interesting for the user. Because always when I filter things, I may make, make mistakes. And even my, my most loyal customers then... Um, start to think, hey, you don't understand me anymore. So that's why I think we, we need to look at it from a, from a different perspective. Users, maybe you can't even um, segment users. Maybe every person is unique on their own, and I'm pretty sure they are. Um, so try your best to, to make your offering as easy as, as, as possible, um, um, yeah, digestible or usable. Um, for your customers, I, I think this is this is the the right approach than trying to segment your customers. You can do this to get insight. I'm okay with that, so that you know where your customers are coming from, if there might be patterns and things like that. But please don't just filter down um, simply your offering. Um, I, I I have seen a lot of cases where it failed miserably, and once the trust is dead you are in a really bad position. I mean, it's, it, it will cost you a lot of time and money mm -hmm. to, to gather the, the, the trust back. How happy it makes me feel to hear you thinking in these terms. Let me rephrase what you said, because it's very, very important uh, to try and unravel where, where things are going, uh, which is how I like to conclude this uh, conversation with your help, Andreas, um, you made this remark, you know, from segmenting, you know, this, this goal of segmenting my offering as opposed to segmenting the user. Uh, you make, made, made this remark of having a different uh, perspective. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and so uh, uh, I think it, we have the important clues uh, ahead of us that uh, uh, reveal uh, uh, this different uh, perspective. The way, curiously, and, and so much this resonates constitutionally, the way I, I usually think of this is, you know, why do we have to personalize a query or an action uh, that a, a user has uh, 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 produced? You know, it's, it's the other way around. It, it, you have to personalize the brand, you have to personalize the vendor, you have to personalize the retailer, you have to personalize the goods, uh, uh, which uh, resonates perfectly to, to the reflection that you're making. And, and, and this different 
perspective. I think when we try to look ahead, when we try to look further into the future, which is, of course, a fascinating and, and extremely difficult enterprise, uh, we see that trend uh, coming, on, on that shift uh, from experiences that are personalized to brands that are personalized. Uh, and, and this requires uh, this fundamental uh, uh, foundation of trust, you know. Uh, uh, to that, uh, you know, we, we, we're passionate about the whole idea of vendor relationship management, VRM group, uh, passionate about uh, inverting the order, right? Why don't we run queries with catalog as opposed to running queries uh, with explicit uh, results, results, sorry, queries from a user? Uh, you know, the, we call this the, the, the inverted process, right? So uh, where do you feel... Uh, looking ahead, by that I mean the next three, five, seven years, where do you think uh, things are going with, with certain commerce? I think that we will, we will agree in the next couple of months or years, I would say that what we thought is the optimal way to do it um, is just the beginning Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we, need to, we need to change our thinking. And then I think search um, and even navigation or, or let's say everything that dissects your catalog, it will be more a kind of um, try and play um, um, and, and mix and match approach. So we don't just know what the perfect product or the perfect set of products might look like. But we may have some, at least some ideas on how to cluster, how to present it to users. And we need to have systems that enable us to be creative and really test these hypotheses sorry, um, fast. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I think this is where we need to go. Because if you look at the overall shopping uh, journey, Already a lot of personalization and filtering has been applied by um, Amazon, by Google, by whoever, because no, in a lot of cases, the journey doesn't start right away from your shop. It, it, it already started maybe days or weeks ago somewhere else. So that's why I think we, we, we need to go away from, from, from this um, yeah, thinking, now we need to have the perfect answer. No. I think more important will be we have to present the perfect path, the perfect experience for the user because then he is coming back. Again, analogy to the physical retail. If it smells good, if it looks good, a store, if it, you know, if you have lovely people there, the trust is way higher. I, I, will, I will come there again. But, you know, we don't have these things in a diff in, in the digital space. We, we only have, let's say, a look, motion, and, and things like that. So we need to use this uh, as much as we can. That's fantastic, you know. And, and we have to drop a lot of the preconceptions uh, for sure. And, and again, you make this uh, reflection on the physical store. And we started the conversation in the con context of, you know, how do we define relevancy and, and you know, how different it is from the, the, the concepts within information retrieval, etc. And, you know, how we define the, the problem contains in it the solution. And, and uh, don't you think, because uh, uh, such a biased question, I do confess, <laughs> don't you think that we need to bring 
as you make in this reflection, we need to bring into the radar, into the into the sphere of what uh, information retrieval in commerce is, uh, not only what it does, but how it is perceived. You know, we need to bring the presentation layers part of this uh, type of products, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it always, I mean, information retrieval. So it means we are retrieving information. And information might be interesting for in the, in the first phase of the buying journey. So when I'm not really sure what I'm exactly I'm going to buy, I want to compare things. But when I'm in the mood of buying, then maybe it's not the information that makes me buy. It might be the experience, the trust, whatever. I don't really know yet. But I think this is, this is the, the difference. So I, I really try to come up with something um, to, to get away from just information retrieval to experience engines. Or, I mean, it's just a buzzword, but this is, this is what I, I think should be the case. So if we don't really know what to do or if we don't know the user, um, let's try to do things, to change things, to play out things. And then um, we, will, we will get some resonance from our users. Maybe they just decline and say, no, that's not what I'm looking for. But if so, we get information. And that's, I mean, this is the, the normal part of a conversation. You know, you ask things, you, you, you question things and you get answers. And by that, the, the engagement, uh, you drive the engagement and you learn more about your users and, and, and what you should do with your business and, and, and where you, you drive it. Thank you so much, uh, Andreas. Thank you so much. And this note of the, the, the sensory impression, if I may say, on, on, on the subjectiveness, uh, you know, on, 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 on the complexities ahead and, and how fascinating it is to, as you very well say, to take different perspectives, to find uh, different uh, solutions. Uh, I think I have enjoyed it so much. I hope you have enjoyed it too, Andreas. Yeah, definitely. It is really great conversation. It is reassuring to see, you know, to hear you thinking uh, on on these affairs uh, of, of of search and, and information retrieval and commerce in, in in ways that resonate. It's like finding life in the universe, <laughs> right? So therefore. Uh, you know, I'm not too out of target if we are uh, thinking in similar tense and, and that's very reassuring. It, it feels great. Thank you so much for these wonderful uh, contributions. Thank you for jumping onto this adventure and uh, it's such a delight and uh, I'll be so uh, uh, pleased to talk in the future again as we continue to advance in this fascinating topic. Thank you so much, Andreas. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you and uh, see you next time, everyone. Thank you. Bye.